This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hello and welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name's Chris and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. AA preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is the desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So, what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer from cancer. If you are an alcoholic, You are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. 
This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who's just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9, and we're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So, let's meet our guest. Marie, would you like to introduce yourself and give us a quick sketch of who you are? Yeah, hi Chris, I'm Marie and I'm a recovering alcoholic addict and um, I came into AA when I was 26. Um, I had hit my own bottom with drinking and drug taking. Um, Yeah, I, I didn't enter a prison or institution or anything like that but I certainly had um, my own bottom and I needed help and it was through a, a friend's parent actually that directed me to AA and I've been haven't had a drink for 26 years and I've been going to AA pretty regularly and consistently and trying to work the the 12-step program to the best of my ability not perfectly of course but um yeah it's it's worked in in terms of that I haven't had to have a drink so I'm really grateful for that thank you so when when did you start drinking how old were you when you had your first drink that you remember and why did you do it what did alcohol do for you yeah, I came from a family um, where there was heavy drinking, for sure, and I also had relatives who, one one of my great aunts was in the fellowship, and she wrote her memoir about being an alcoholic in, in recovery, and I can remember reading that when I was 16 and thinking, wow, how extreme, like, gosh, she can never have a drink again, um, and yeah, I but drink, you know drinking in in my immediate family was really celebrated. So every every occasion was a drinking occasion, and um, I was, you know, I think I was quite shy, and I was scared. You know, I was afraid of, you know, achieving and not achieving, and um, drinking was a way of yeah fitting in and being free of those those. Fears, although I didn't know I was fearful back then, I just I thought drinking was about having a good time, and I did have a good time a lot of the you know back then. Um, but it did it did send me into drinking with other heavy drinking people, um, and I got introduced to drugs when I went to school as a teenager. And I loved them, you know, that it was freedom and um, and I didn't have to care about what other people thought. Um, my family, I think they were worried about me, but, you know, I, I, yeah, I certainly was on a path of rebellion and I listened to alternative um, music and um, I ran with, with other... <laughs> wild people who were out of control as well and that yeah it was birds of a feather flock together don't they yeah it was good for a while until it wasn't you know and then it, it, it got dangerous I started waking up in places not knowing where I was um 
yeah, I started realising that um, I needed to get away from the crowd I was run, running with and I, I decided to go to England. But I just met another crowd of drinking, drugging people um, and got into more trouble and I, I moved around a lot. I changed groups a lot. And in AA, they call those geographicals. That was me. Um, I also had a lot of blackouts, not remembering what happened um, and having to pick myself up the next day and make excuses and apologies. But none of them were very sincere because I I was still going to go out and get smashed again, even though I sometimes I try to control that. It was very unpredictable. So what made you really realise that you needed help? Which of those sort of experiences? Yeah, um, some, fri- uh, some friends of mine um, who, you know, they were drinking friends, but they had kind of grown up a bit. And uh, her, her boyfriend, he rang me up one day and he said, I need to come and talk to you. Um, if we didn't know you for a long time, we wouldn't want to know you. You know, you're, you're a liability now. Like, you... It's not fun anymore. Um, uh, you used to be fun, but you know we're kind of moving on from that. And I, like, I knew this now, um, and I couldn't say sorry to them anymore because it was just, um, you know, I already said sorry, and I, yeah, and it was her mum that rang AA for me. Um, you know, I I tried lots of different controlled drinking, you know, through a GP, and I was studying at the time, um, and I tried to get help with a counsellor at the university, and they put me on a controlled drinking program. But you know that I just started to lie about how much I was drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I got into AA. Mm-hmm. Was, how did you find your way to your first AA meeting and what was it like? Well, that that was, it was my friend's mother. I went round to, to talk to her and, you know, um, because after an, another disgraceful night and, um, and she said, well, if you've got a problem with drinking, let's ring AA, let's ring AA, let's, let's, and I got a, I always remember that first phone call, it was an Irish seaman, seaman <laughs> Eddie, and he said, you know, I thought, oh, what, what can he say? Like, I, I don't relate to him at all. And he, he said, well, you know, I know I could go out and have a few drinks and it will be fine. It's just next time I don't know if it will be fine. And that just resonated with me. Uh, my drinking was so unpredictable and I couldn't trust myself. Like, sometimes it was actually fine and other times it was blackout and really not fine. So... He said, you, you know, come to a meeting, you've got nothing to lose and come tonight and he arranged for me to meet someone there and that first meeting at Dry Dock in Wellington, I, um, I, it was a Friday night meeting and it was, it was quite packed and I saw people laughing and heard them talking about their stories and they looked like they were having good lives and were kind of living beyond humiliation and that really attracted me. <laughs> and so did you did you did were you made to feel welcome? 
Sure, yeah, I um yeah, I was very welcomed and I, you know, I had nothing to lose by this stage, you know. I was I'd lost my friends. I I was lonely. I, I was going to end up alone and um and I was frightened about my drinking. So um I had an open mind to right. suggestions. Yeah. And how have you managed to stay sober? Can you describe the process of recovery? What did you have to do to ensure your sobriety? Things like that. Yeah, I think, you know, um, back then I, you know, I really took it on. I got the message to immerse myself in the program. Um, I did have a, a big slip, though. I went, I, after three months, I thought I've got this sussed. I felt elated. Um, and I went back to London actually chasing uh, a, a boyfriend. And um, I had all, you know, I had all my big books, uh, all, the, all the literature, and I had every intention of going to a meeting, but I never did. And I ended up in a bar, and I ended up, and I'd be talking about AA in the bar, like, hey, you know, I go, I went to AA, I don't drink. Um, but yeah, one evening I did have, I did have a drink. Um, I had no defence. It was, yeah, and nothing happened. And I went home, and I thought, well, actually, maybe I'm being dramatic, and because I've, I've been extreme. And I, for the next three months, I drank until I was found unconscious. And um, I, yeah, I'd fallen downstairs and had been put to bed. And then they'd found me vomiting in, in my sleep. And that gave me the fright I needed because, yeah, that's that's how you asphyxiate. So I, I kind of, you know, had to take my very sorry self back to AA meetings that, that next day and then I was I, I did what what was suggested like I w- went through the 12 steps with a sponsor, came back to New Zealand um, I was broke and yeah I was ready to do what was suggested which was get a sponsor, do the steps and do three meetings a week and I did that for you know a couple of years Um and it's paid off, I think. It's kind of set me up. Um, and I find it's easier to go to meetings regularly than not. So how important has service been as part of your recovery? Yeah, so I think um, going to meetings and being willing to work with other women, getting them sober, has really helped me enormously keep on this path. Um, I know that there's no cure for this and it's a reprieve that I have. Like I still have the uh, negative thinking that makes me feel like I don't belong in the world if I listen to it. Mm-hmm. And so working with others and doing service kind of helps shut that thinking down um, and keeps me, yeah, grateful. So how would you describe yourself in the life you have today? Well, I have two uh, adult children now who've never seen me drinking and um, they're great people and I really do feel like I can enjoy them and be present with them. And I have really beautiful friends that I 
am present with. You know, I feel like I can be in the day. I mean, I still have fears and anxieties, um, but I'm not picking up a drink over them. And, um, yeah, I go to meetings and I believe that there is a solution and I believe in a spiritual side of life Mm -hmm. and I want to grow spiritually and over... I I have a career now. Um, I went back and I studied and... um, But nothing is more important than keeping sober and growing spiritually. So I'm, you know, when you asked me to do this radio show, it was yes because it's another opportunity to grow and um, give back. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So you changed your career. That's that's interesting. What about hobbies or travel or anything like that? Have you got been able to do that in sobriety? Yeah, I. I have. I've done lots of things. Um, I've done lots of things that I used to sit in a bar and say that, you know, I'm... <laughs> um, which was just all bullshit. But I, I, I have actually... I've gone back and studied and um, I have a career and I'm self-supporting and, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing with this career and doing more travel... And yeah, just. And and how about relationship with your friends and families and loved ones? How have they changed in sobriety? Um, I yeah, I have really good friends. Um, I have beautiful family, and it's not always easy when you come from you know with drinking. I sometimes find that very difficult. Um, but I have really good support in AA, and um, yeah, I I try not to judge and I try not to be critical. And I mean, I was I was the worst. I was I wasn't a good drunk, so I can't. You know, it's not really for me to yeah. talk about other people's journeys. Yeah, I just really grateful that I not continuing being the drinking person that I used to be. So AA is described as a spiritual program. What does spirituality mean to you? How does it differ from religion? And what does life lived on a spiritual basis look like? Yeah, um, like many alcoholics in recovery, they have the they've had religion and um, I had the Catholic school upbringing and um, there was a lot of guilt and shame Um, I think spirituality for me is it's about making time to pray and meditate and feel connected to a power greater than myself Uh, some days that's some days I understand what that is and other days I I don't it's not a perfect I don't have it down but um, going to AA sometimes I hear it in meetings um, through other people and yeah, I it, it's a journey. It's um, I think spirituality is being at peace with yourself and being able to forgive yourself and have compassion for yourself and being willing to be better and help others. Yeah. Would, what would you suggest for any listeners that think they may have a drinking problem? 
What advice would, do you wish someone had given you when drinking became a problem and what question would you ask somebody to help them decide whether they need help? I think that um, to have a look on, you know, we've got online information now. There's loads of um, you can go into Alcoholics Anonymous site and look at the characteristics of alcoholism and you can find out about 12-step programs now. There's a lot of information mm-hmm. online. Um, but going to a meeting face-to-face if you can is, um, it's a, you know, you can't hide. And I needed other Alkies face-to-face, you know, face face, really. I needed, I needed to be able to... Um, because I, I went to lots of doctors and counsellors and really it was another alcoholic that I was, at, was, was able to help me, that I, I, I couldn't bullshit anymore. I couldn't hide myself. Like I, I wanted to deny my drinking. Of course I did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want... And I, I think, you know, don't... To have an open mind and you have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Going. And... What questions would you ask them to make to give them a clue to decide if they needed help? Um, I have been asked before, you know, by someone who's wondering whether they have a drinking problem, and I think one of the key ones is, you know, if you're doing things that you wouldn't normally do, um, and if you have blackouts, you know, that's a real that's a key sign that drinking is is a problem. Um, if you have a personality change when you drink, you know, that's a biggie. Um, because I have friends who drink and I'm around drinking uh, in, my, in my job, but they don't have personality change. You know, they're convivial. They're, they're themselves. They're not, yeah, becoming someone else. And I think that's... Yeah, we describe that as the Jekyll and Hyde thing, don't we? And they don't have that. Mm. Well, thanks, Marie. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's really lovely to come and do this. For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experience. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We'll now close the show with the serenity prayer, as we do in every AA meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.